psychologist and therapist to portray human behavior patterns, literally and experimentally providing tangible models to understand unconscious behaviors, dive into abstract expressions of sculpture, film, and performance art, all accompanied by live music. It comes your way on October 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. Habitat Contemporary Gallery is located at 2012 Baltimore Avenue, KCMO. For more information on these and many other events in our area, go to kkfi.org slash arts kc go. This is Maria Vasquez Boyd, and you are listening to 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Wednesday, everyone. So happy that you're aboard on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Art Speak Radio. I'm Maria Vasquez Boyd. Great lineup of folks here today in the studio. We have Michelle Rice Gavro, Art Fair, Chad Brothers, Matt Davis, and Sean Whalen. So stick around. We're going to be right back. So thanks so much for joining us today on Artspeak Radio. I first want to give thanks to some wonderful people who contributed to our pledge drive last week. Thank you so much, Sean Stewart, Beth Birdlonsky, Tony Vasquez Ruin, Sue Moreno, Paul Ede, Bill Pryor, Rudy Waldner, and Terry Steenson. Thank you so very much for your contribution to keep this little old radio station alive and, and thriving because it is your community radio station, right? Very good. I want to start off the show with our first guest, Michelle Rice Gavro, who's written a powerful new memoir um, by a Mohawk woman, Pulls Back Curtain on Unsettling Chapter of Indigenous History. Who Am I is a powerful memoir by Michelle Rice Gavro that pulls back the curtain on an unsettling chapter of indigenous history. Published uh, just weeks ago, it came out strong, hitting number one in the in the ten new releases on Amazon and Native American biographies. Now it's a very personal story and so much more. Born 
in a Mohawk reservation in Canada, Michelle was illicitly adopted and raised in an abusive home in the, in the United States. Admits the harsh backdrop of the 60s and 70s when mental illness was a forbidden topic and safeguarding measures were scarce, Michelle's story illuminates a path of self-discovery and resilience. Welcome, my friend, Michelle. Thank you for having me, Maria. I'm so happy to be here. I'm I'm happy to talk with you, and this is a, a, a most important book on, on several levels, and I understand that it took you over four years to write this memoir. You know, how, how would you like to begin? Well, I can tell you that back in 2019, I had become very sick, um, and I was lying in the hospital, and I always knew I had a book in me. Hmm. I needed to get it out there, and I said, oh, boy. Something needs to be written now. I need to start it. Um, And I did. And it has taken me four years to write the book. I had to take several months off in between those four years just to to kind of recover from what I relived Mm -hmm. in writing the book. There are many scenes in the book that um, were very difficult for me to come out with. but it had to happen. It had to be mm-hmm. said, and my story had to be told because I, I know there are many other similar stories out there. Yeah, I, I think your your story is not only a, a, a you know record of your beautiful strength and resilience, but again, mm-hmm. I, I think it touches others that have similar stories or that can relate. Now, your life your uh, life is a testament to the enduring spirit of the Mohawk bloodline. And you mm-hmm. navigate the trials of coping, understanding, and all that. And it's really, it's not only a personal narrative, but it, it really is a spotlight on an issue plaguing indigenous communities worldwide. Um, and, and Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just now that we're really beginning to recognize uh, what what has happened and how how do we rectify and, and listen and hear these and honor these stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And in recent news, if anybody has obviously may have heard, mm-hmm. um, many Native babies or children were kidnapped or given up to residential schools. Although that didn't happen to me, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I traded one evil for another. Mm-hmm. Um, but the residential schools really kind of really poked a hole in my heart. Mm. Um, where do I want to go with that? Um, yeah. you know, mental illness was mm-hmm. something that obviously was never spoken about. Um, I lost out on my community, my birth family. Um, today I do have a great connection with my birth family and I do have a good connection with the community now in Canada, even though I still live in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that has, that has filled my heart on many levels the fact that I can um, still go back and be with the community from time to time. Michelle, did you always feel this sort of, um, did you you innately feel sort of uh, something that was missing, or did you just come to realize it through the years or through your your struggles or through trying to identify yourself, uh, you Mm. know, through the years? Because I, I think that that's really important to note that, you know, was it always just something that that you yearned for or or needed growing up and growing up with um with my adoptive mother yes i always felt a little bit 
different, so to speak. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. um, I felt very different. I felt very alone. I felt like something was absolutely missing. Mm-hmm. And when the truth about my adoption came out, it was kind of an aha, aha moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was a, definitely an aha moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't quite describe it. Right, right. And it, it was something that I felt until I was 15 years old, I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Mm-hmm. And then once I met my birth family, it was all of a sudden the pieces started, started to be put back together, slowly but surely. Right. And through the book, Who Am I?, have you met other individuals with similar stories or or sort of uh, that connection? Because I, I understand, you know, with the legal adoption, which was commonplace for many Native babies throughout many years across North America, I, I'm sure there's so many stories and there's I suppose that there is a bonding with that in terms of recognizing that um, there are others with similar stories. There are so many stories Mm. that I'm actually beginning a collective Mm. of stories Mm. that are so similar to mine that I would like to write another book regarding these stories. Um, It resonates with me. I feel it deeply. Mm. Um, I feel everybody's story deeply, whether it's a bad situation or a good situation. I feel everybody's story. Um, and there are so many groups out there, too, that have um, people with with all kinds of adoption stories. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is adoption, yes, can be a beautiful thing, but it also it also can do something to the adoptee as well. Mm-hmm. Such as the questions as to why, why was I adopted? Why mm-hmm. didn't mommy want me? You know, things mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Um, and then there are also other stories too where they were adopted just because they, you know, the, the family wanted another child just to fill a void or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So many, so many stories. Yeah. Now, I understand that you never really expected this much attention when the book was published in July uh, earlier this year. Um, but no. but it's also inspired you, right, uh, to maybe look at a couple of more books in the future. Uh, yes. Coping, Healing, yes. and, and I think, which is really wonderful, a children's book. Yes, absolutely. So I am writing a second book, and it will be about... Um, actually, um, it's kind of on a different level what I'm writing about, um, my spirituality, my Native mm-hmm, American mm-hmm. spirituality. What I'm writing about are animals. Um, in my culture, the Mohawk culture, is the clans. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we have clan animals in the Mohawk culture called wolf, bear, and, um, I'm sorry, wolf, bear, and turtle. Mm-hmm. So I was born into bear clan. Every child is born into their clan through their mother. And bear clan means um, means strength. They're roaring strength. So I realized I grew up having that. But I was very resilient in everything I came through. Um, mm. And uh, and the wolf is basically they're kind of their influencers. They teach people how to live through through their eyes or through the Native American spirituality. Um, and the turtle is kind of they know everything about the plants here on Earth. So that was that was really kind of neat, and I wanted to research that more and write about our clans. And I also wanted to write about other animals that are revered in other nat and other native nations. 
Yeah, so I love that. I'm in I'm in the process of that, and I do have aspirations of writing a children's book um, geared toward Native American babies. I, I mm-hmm. think that would be um, something very special. Um, the the story goes in our Native culture is that we are we come from the stars. So, mm. um, and I think that that is just so powerful. Beautiful. You know, if and you my, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. My native, my native American name is Otiso, which is Mohawk for star. So I thought that was really poignant to be named that. Wow, that is beautiful. That is just wonderful. Thank if, you. If you just tuned in to Art Speak Radio, I'm Maria Vasquez Boyd. I'm talking with writer Michelle Rice. Gavro, and we're talking about Who Am I?, which is an extraordinary tale of tenacity, humor, and the relentless search for identity, family, and happiness. Now, uh, for more information, Michelle, where can people find you at uh, social media platforms? Um, They can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called I Am an Adoptee. I also have my own Facebook page under Michelle Rice Gavro. And I have a website, michellegobro.com. You know, um, I know that uh, this, I'm sure, had, was a, a difficult book in some ways, perhaps, for you to, to write and kind of relive um, mm-hmm. what experiences you had. But, but the outcome is that it, it's a very powerful book, and it's really yeah. intended to, you know, help others, to help so many people um, and heal and cope and and just share your voice and your experience with the community Mm -hmm. because we want to be aware that this was a part of our history in uh, North America that um, doesn't often get much attention. No, no, it doesn't get much attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the adoptees, the adoptees, I feel are basically, they're not being ignored, but I feel mm. like some things have been, have fallen through the cracks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I think we need to open those, those cracks and lift everything out. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That is, that is something that needs to be worked on. Very good. You know, I, I, was so excited to to talk with you when I got the email about your book and about your story. And I'm just so grateful to have you on air and sharing your story with our listeners and helping them understand who you are, um, Mm -hmm. that you have this tremendous strength and and to hear your story. So thank you for so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. I hope to meet you in person sometime. Uh, just, Absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll follow you along on social media and see where you pop up next. And uh, yes, thank you so much for this beautiful and, and heartfelt memoir. Um, many blessings to you and congratulations on this book. And to you all as well. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have and a great day. You too. We're going to be right back with Artspeak Radio after this. Coming up on Thursday, October the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. on the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant. We'll be talking about the Healthy Homes Program, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our guest will be from local tenant unions. The Healthy Homes Program is supposed to provide regulations for minimum health and safety standards for rental housing in Kansas City, Missouri. Is it working? Tune in to the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant on October 19th at 7 o'clock p.m.
KKFI thanks Thelma's Kitchen for feeding our volunteers during this fun drive. Thelma's Kitchen provides box lunches as a social venture of reconciliation services. You can find out more and order online at thelmaskitchen.org, and we really appreciate their support during the drive. Hey. I'm back. It's Maria Vasquez Boyd. Thank you so much for joining us today. Up next, we want to talk to a very, very familiar face here at the station. We have our very own Chad Brothers, who is a musician and chief engineer here at the station. We love you, Chad. Oh, thank you, Maria. Thanks for having us on. You bet. And also next to him is Matt Davis. And uh, welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you Thanks here. Thanks for having us. You bet. We're going to talk about, uh, yeah, supermassive black holes, the gen- <laughs> genre-defying band known for their mesmerizing live performances. And they're thrilled to announce uh, this upcoming release of their studio album, Stop Safety Now. Wow, good for you. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. We, we've got this full-length album. Uh, yeah. It's coming out next week. Next Friday is the official release date. That's right, digital, right? D- yep, yeah. going online. So um, we are. We have some shows coming up, and we are just kind of starting to spread the word about this, this new album we have. It's been a, a long time in the making. Well, I love that, that uh, although this band has existed since 2010, 2010, that's, yeah. that's yeah. some longevity. Uh, <laughs> this is their story. first ever full-length <laughs> studio album and their first studio released in over 11 years. Yeah. We, we, w- w- when we were a young band, we released a, an EP. But yeah, we met at an uh, open mic uh, Crosstown Station years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, made the five-song EP, wrote a bunch of other songs personal stuff got in the way we, we got back together and um finally put this record together we had to kind of seclude ourselves from most everything we got to go to table rock lake and finish the album write a whole new album so. yeah yeah so a lot of this stuff is brand new material that we've written in the last like year year and a half yeah so. yeah but it's all, always been kind of up here sort of absolutely you know in your incubator right, right. yeah oh, we're yeah. always incubating new material i think yeah i think we're ready to go in for the next one even yeah so. that's right once, once you get cooking on uh, the creative process it, it tends to keep yeah. going yeah i love that you know um i'm going to play a track we're going to listen to what uh we're going to listen to whole right yeah. I think. Okay. Do yeah. believe. all right hold on Still hanging on your life 
Wow, I love that. That's beautiful. Did we leave that siren on there? We left the siren on there twice as long as we Uh, thought we did. But it's it's the first time we've heard it on the radio, so it's kind of fun. You know what a great song. Thank you. Yeah, that that was written by our bandmate John Johnson, and uh, he writes some great songs. We all write songs. Uh, Uh, There's four uh, of us in the band. And so we all contributed original music, but that was one of John's, which we love to play. Well, it sounds like Table Rock was good for you all, because this is beautiful. Uh, no idea. <laughs> it, it was. You're 100% true in that. It, um, it was sort of like a writing retreat that we went on. Yeah, we had yeah. some of it made already, and then we needed to work on it more. And right. So we set up in a cabin and uh, recorded it. And, but that's not where we, we recorded the album. No. It was kind of like pre-production. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We recorded the album at Weights and Measures studio with Dwayne Trower here in town. Yeah, and I heard you talking about that, that it was really a, one, a great, great. Uh, studio to record. Absolutely. Yeah. Big, big room. Good, oh, yeah. Good for the drums, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got some new Tom mics, too. They're just fantastic. I mean, he's the best. He's, one, you know, the quickest yeah. to, to help you get where you want to get, and you don't waste yeah. time, and it's about the music, and, he does, you know, if you want his opinion, he'll give it, but... Yeah. He's not going to push it. So you know, it's, it's, uh, he's our fave. So. Yeah, really comfortable. Very good. You know, I, I have a, a soft spot in my, uh, in my heart for, for drummers because I love percussion. It's just, it is the heartbeat of, of you know, our lives, right? Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that. You know, I want to talk about some uh, album release shows that you're going to sure. uh, appear at. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So the 26th of October, which is a Thursday, we're doing our acoustic uh, album release uh, at Mike Kelly's West Sider. Mm. Yeah. So next Thursday. Um, yeah, that's next Thursday. We got Lucia and Lawrence on the 10th of November. It's a Friday. Yep. Yeah. And that'll be a full electric show. We mm. we do a thing where wow. we play some shows with just acoustic in, uh, mm-hmm. guitars, and some with electric. Uh, some the electric is a little more loud and vibrant, and the, the acoustic is uh, maybe more intimate. So. Do you make that call based on the venue that you're performing at then? That's what yeah. we've been yeah. doing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can get kind of loud with the electric guitars. So, so yeah. Smaller rooms will do acoustics. My sometimes. bad. I love that. <laughs> you know, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Chad Brothers and Matt Davis, Supermassive Black Holes. Uh, they're talking about uh, upcoming events that they're going to play at, but they're, they're also talking about this album release. Yeah. yeah. Stop Safely now now yeah Yeah. uh so the release date is set for friday october 27th and you can hear their 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 music at either mike kelly's website or lucia and lawrence kansas right right. yeah Yeah. and uh social media platforms that people can find you at yeah we're on instagram we're on uh facebook we have the instagram is smbh kc kc yeah and that is the also the website smbhkc.com well, now that you have this out, uh, this is going to release uh, n- uh, next Friday. Uh, do you have some other works in the plan? I always kind of am looking ahead because I know there's never any any rest. Once you get kind of on a roll and you are creative, it's like you just keep moving forward and through that. Absolutely. I think creativity inspires more creativity. Right, and we have right. loved this process so much. Um we have some new material we're working on. Yeah, um, I think we're almost ready to go back in, to be honest. We, <laughs> really? You know, we're blessed. We have awesome families that Good. will allow us, Good. that allowed us to even do the retreat. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. A second time, I, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we've but already got the material. I think so. we want to go back down to Table Rock and, and mm-hmm. kind of do that, that workshop writing mm-hmm. retreat again and see where it takes us. Very productive. You know, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really helpful. 
I mean, it's not as though you're not creative here, but just taking yourself out of a, a usual place um, can be really beneficial, either as a writer, Absolutely. musician, songwriter, painter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and have that uh, intention in mind. We all kind of went, that was the first yeah. time we'd d- yeah. we had done something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we were all in it, you know, mentally. That's what we were there for. So, um, yeah, it, I think we've got more more to come. Yeah, you know, and, and with that, I, I want to play a snippet of uh, your next, sure. uh, the, uh, one of the tracks on this uh, visualizer, right? Yeah, sure. Let's okay, do let's do it. This is a rockin' number. Very good.
Yeah, I really like that. I like that. Wow, that's <laughs> it's, wonderful. It's rock and roll. Thank you. And, and I lied. I said a snippet, but you know, once I started listening to it, it's like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're playing the whole darn thing. I was like, we're going to cut it off. We're going to cut it Man, this is great. So again, this is uh, the studio album Stop Safety Now, with a release date for Friday, October 27th. And this album delivers a sonic journey that bends through space and time, exploring themes inspired by their cosmic namesake. Yay! Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you so much. Chad Brothers and Matt Davis. Um, and again, if you want to share where you're going to be uh, performing live. Yeah, next next Thursday, October 26th, Mike Kelly's West Sider here in Midtown. And then... November 10th in at Lucia in Lawrence. Friday. This Friday night. You know, I loved having you guys in. Come back and see me, please. We will. We'll do. Great music. And I'm going to go to Table Rock with you. I, I promise <laughs> I won't on. make Come a on peep. down, yeah. We can write <laughs> some Come songs on. together. We'll we put love a job together for you, you know. Love you love too, Thank you. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you so much. Hey, and we're going to be right back but uh, with Art Speak Radio, but... While I'm on air, I want to share with you that our wonderful friend, Kevin King, who is the founder of WEM Productions, he creates, uh, the productions creates challenging and evocative queer theater, and they've just uh, dedicated to producing works written by LGBTQ writers with narratives that center queer uh, characters, and they strive to share the diversity of queer lives with Kansas City audiences and able LGBTQ plus theater artists to tell their own stories. Now, given all of that, he's generously offered to uh, for one of our listeners to win a pair of tickets for their production of Boxed October 12th through October 22nd. Uh, the synopsis for Boxed is that Nick and Freddie's date was going so well until Sadly, it wasn't. So you uh, can can um, call in for a chance to win a pair of tickets um, in just a little bit when I go to break. Wim Produ- Productions is at Wim Space, located at 415 Prospect in Kansas City, Missouri. And so if you call, I'll take the second caller at 816-931-931. 5534 for your opportunity to win a pair of tickets for Boxed October 12th through October 22nd with WIM Productions. So uh, give me a call, 816-931-5534. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two, two takes at a movie currently playing in theaters or streaming. Fair play is a Netflix drama about a couple who work in an investment firm. It's a carnal psychological thriller that combines corporate intrigue and erotic discord. They plan to marry, so in love. But then a monkey wrench lands. She gets promoted over him. Phoebe Denevore from Bridgerton plays that brilliant hedge fund analyst who leapfrogs her fiancé for that big promotion. Her beau played by Alden Ehrenreich, best known as the young Han Solo, doesn't take it very well. Their romance, their bond, begins to unravel. It's safe to say that the fragile male ego gets blasted in this movie. The acting is good, the dialogue is really good, and it's a stylish production. I agree. It's really a raunchy throwback to erotic thrillers of the late 80s and early 90s, like Body Heat, Basic Instinct, Fatal Attraction, but it's not quite in that league. 
But I have to say, you must be aware that there's a lot of sex and a lot of violence that's shocking. Fair Play is an impressive debut for director Chloe Domont, but in the later scenes, some of the actions of this couple seem out of character and stretch credibility. It succumbs to some melodramatic flourishes that aren't quite in keeping with the caliber of the rest of the movie. I found the ending to be riveting. And it seems to me this is one of Netflix's best productions. It's decadent, but Susan, I agree that fair play is pretty involving. I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two. Maria Vasquez Boyd for Artspeak Radio on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today, and thank you uh, for calling in. Our winner is Ray, who will win, who's won the tickets for Boxed, a Wim Productions, uh, yes, production of uh, Boxed, uh, October 12th through October 22nd. Thank you so very much, Kevin King, for your generosity. Uh, Wim Space is located at 415 Prospect, Kansas City, Missouri. And again, uh, it is about the synopsis is uh, Nick and Freddie's date was going so well until suddenly it wasn't. The fallout forever changes their relationship with each other and their best friends. You know, just a really wonderful, provocative uh, play uh, that... You know, Kevin King just constantly produces wonderful productions at Wim Space. And, uh, you know, just thank you so much for for your generosity, Kevin. You know, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk with our good friend, Sean Whalen, who is a clay artist. And we're happy to to have him in studio today to talk about some of the projects that's going on. Thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Thank you for having me. You bet, you bet. Uh, We want to talk, first of all, about, um, yeah, the Mannheim Gardens. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, so I recently started a project over at Mannheim Community Gardens, um, which is off of 42nd and Forest um, in the Mannheim neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, And what we're doing there is we're building a cob um, pizza oven and stove, which is an earthen-built technique out of clay, sand, and straw. And that stove is going to be a mainstay in their um, community gathering area. And they're going to be able to use that for um, different types of gatherings, potlucks, larger groups, um, more casual gatherings. Um, You know, they have steward Sundays every there at Mannheim Gardens, um, which is their kind of work days and volunteer work days. And so members will be able to fire up the stove and make a little bit of tea, maybe make a little bit of uh, soup as we get into the colder season here. I, I love this idea because it, because it involves community, mm-hmm. and um, you know your your work is rooted in community practices, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I want to mention that Sean is a BFA candidate at the Kansas City Art Institute with a focus in ceramics and social practice. So you're really a clay artist, but you're also uh, rooted in community practices. Uh, pulling from long-standing traditions of community-led building, repair, and caretaking, and all of that, you know, this just sounds like a great idea. This this cop kitchen to bring people together, um, people that you may not have known before, um, you know, share a meal. I think I think food often brings people together. It's sort of the the um, a, a really good tool to to begin to communicate with others, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking about that 
uh, as I go through the process of building, um, I think about, I don't cook a lot. Uh Um, I wish I cooked a lot more. Uh, But when I think about cooking, I think about recipe sharing um, and the history of, you know, culinary techniques throughout cultures. Like Mm -hmm. it is such a, it's such a community rooted practice. Um, And I think, I, I think there's parallels between that and architecture and that and many other craft realms. Um, so I'm coming from a ceramic background, which is a super, super community-rooted craft. Right. Um, and a community-rooted craft that has pretty direct ties to cooking. Um, and so, you know, as, as I kind of fell into this um, pathway of natural building and, and exploring what that means in, in community and how, how to make that accessible, um, this project kind of seemed like a um, just the right next step for me to be able to kind of step into that community that I've that I've had interactions with before mm, um, mm-hmm. and offer them a, a chance to kind of express themselves through culinary um, you know experimentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, while also being able to educate uh, the community about these techniques and about um, what Cobb is and what natural building is. Yeah, do share with us, Cobb, what Cobb Kitchen, outdoor yeah. Cobb Kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean the beauty of it is it's not it's not my idea and it's not anyone's idea that is alive right now. <laughs> um, uh, it's you know Cobb and and is which is an old English word. Um, there's many other words for it, but really it's it's sand and clay and straw. So um, you have your sand, which is acting as con- compressive strength. Um, you have straw, which is tensile strength, and you have clay, which is a binder. So it's acting similar to concrete wood, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as all the concrete would be cast. Um, cob is sculpted. It's not as strong as concrete, um, but it is traditionally used to build houses, structures, um, right? You know, anything of the sorts, and 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 cooking structures. Um, and so there is a long history of of building cob ovens and. Um, and in community spaces. And so when I stepped into the Mannheim community and offered this project, um, which they had been considering building an outdoor kitchen for quite some time, um, I offered my experience using clay and using cob as a material. Um, And then I proposed to them that we have um, two organized workshop days to be able to invite the community to come out and experience building hands-on. Um, that quickly okay. turned into four days, <laughs> which is part of um, the beauty of building with this stuff is, uh, yeah, what you think might take two days will turn into four days and then <laughs> might turn into six. So. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the important thing is that it involves community. Can you see yourself, I mean, it, it, currently you're at uh, Mannheim Gardens, um, well, created this for Mannheim Gardens. Can you see this taking place in other parts of the city or other neighborhoods or community um, areas? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do um, you have any plans? I, you know, <laughs> now that I, you built this I one. like to, I, um, I'm hesitant to say I have an open call <laughs> because I'm okay. a student. But, um, but I am, you know, I, I would like to work with more spaces and more people. And, and that is something that I'm hoping to, to continue to do. Um, I do want to have interactions with urban agriculture um, and different community spaces. And so, you know, really like 
if anyone wants to build, let's just build, just you build. know, like, yeah. let's just build. Yeah. You know, and do you ever offer just workshops on, on uh, for organizations that uh, are interested in that? I mean, are you available for that uh, as maybe probably, uh, I don't know, someone that can help instruct people to build their own? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. I mean, it's an accessible technology. Yeah. And and if if a space um, a community space or an organization is is right for mm, that mm-hmm. um, and, and is prepared to host a workshop and what that means and That's if they cool. want something to stay you know yeah. on their on their property um, that's all the better. You know, many hands make light work and this Very is good. and this community building really does require many hands at most points. You know, uh, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Sean Whalen, and we're talking about Mannheim Gardens, their outdoor cob kitchen. And I want to mention that the oven and stove will be fired up for the first time, this is cool, uh, on October 28th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Mannheim Gardens Harvest Festival. And this is their annual fall community potluck. So come out to celebrate the hard work of the community, eat delicious food, dance and experience all what community-led spaces have to offer and again uh, that's at 4225 Forest Avenue and it's just what a, an exciting thing to happen um, the first time that this is going to be lit up and, and ready to roll October 28th yeah yeah we're we're very excited we're still um, preparing some of the things yeah um, but we're gonna have you know some pizzas hopefully some bread oh, maybe some desserts in the oven um, we're gonna have a pancake and waffle bar. Uh, there's gonna be some henna tattoos, some, uh, I believe, um, natural dye. I think we're yeah. gonna do a natural dye workshop. Um, that's gonna be a part wow. of that. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And that's that's coming up. Uh, Manheimgardens.org is uh, the website for more information. We have that posted on Art Speak Radio uh, page on Facebook and our website. What other uh, social media platforms can people find more information or or learn more about you or yeah yeah the technique? Um, so my I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are at Whalen Pottery, uh, which is W H A L E N, and then Pottery, um, and then I also. Uh, um, through those links, you can contact me via email, um, and I think I don't have my number on there, but but I do have my email up. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I think this is wonderful. All while you're uh, getting through classes at the Art Institute, right? Yeah. What What year are you? I'm a senior. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Just another what three or four months, and that that's. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, so much for sharing this with us. I, I think this is really exciting. I love when things happen like this for the community because it's for the community by the community, and it just makes us better people, better neighbors, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've just i I just want to thank everyone that has worked on it and helped out. Um, I've had some really truly amazing experiences with people. And have felt just unfiltered love um, and -hmm. creativity. It's just been, it's been really amazing. You will come back, yes? Yes, Okay, very good. And we'll talk about your art, too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. We're going to be right back with Art Speak Radio after this. Did you see the film Oppenheimer? If so, did you wonder who built the buildings, where the Manhattan Project did its work, or who cleaned up the radioactive waste, or... 
who lived downwind from the Trinity test. This week's Heartland Labor Forum will look at what the film left out and then talk to scholar Steve Cohn about the historical context of nuclear energy, the concerns about it, and why organized labor should care about it. Thursday at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday at 5 a.m. KKFI thanks Our House for feeding our volunteers during this fun drive. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, or brunch, Our House offers a variety of dishes from its location at 1815 West 39th Street in Midtown, Kansas City. For more information about the restaurant, as well as their cafe and catering services, go to OurHouseKC.com, and we appreciate their support. Hey, it's me, Maria Vasquez Boyd on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. This is Art Speak Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we're uh, just about out of time. Not really. But we've got a couple of folks on that we're going to talk about, uh, talk to. We have Katrin Hauser. Did I say that right? I, yes. I we have Wolf Brack and Rob Gann. You know, just familiar faces on radio with us a lot, and we love that. We love that. So thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about Art Fair today. Mm. Art Fair. What is Art Fair? So Art Fair, A-R-T-F-A-R-E, because the spelling or the pronunciation can be confusing. Art Fair is the annual gala that is brought to Kansas City by the Vanderslice Committee. Uh, This serves to raise funds for the Vanderslice building on the KCAI campus um, by, uh, you know, getting money for restoration uh, and upkeep of that particular historic building. Um, This art fair is actually happening tomorrow at the building at 1900, and it brings together, you know, a combination of culinary arts and visual arts. So we've got nine artists, uh, visual artists, and nine chefs that are paired together, um, some that are, you know, very um, very known throughout the KC area. Uh, today, we're joined by um, Wolf Brack, regional hey. artist, <laughs> and Katrin um, from a fair, uh, who are paired together in this event. You know, what goes better than, than food and art? And actually, food is an art form, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I would say. And, you know, this just sounds really wonderful. So this is going to, a- again, be at um, tomorrow, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 6.30 and 9.30. And the location? Uh, it's at uh, the building at 1900, so that is uh, at 1900. 1900 Mission Shiny Parkway. Mission Parkway, yeah. Parkway yep. yeah, very good. And I want to say that the honorary chairs are Judy and Don Culp and Linda and Topper Johns. Yes. Uh, yeah, and VanderSliceCommittee.org is... Uh, the website for more information but how do you how does the art and the food come together Katrin and Wolf I mean this is my first time doing it so maybe Katrin has a better idea but we <laughs> well we kind of um, like they they came by uh, Katrin and Martin came by uh, my exhibition at, uh-huh. at Habitat um, looked at the work and figured out what they were most drawn to and what you know might pair well with the, the types of food that they like to make. Uh-huh. And we kind of discussed back and forth and came up, they came up with something. So it was a collaboration. It wasn't mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this based on your paintings or, you know, maybe you should make that based on my paintings. It was a collaboration. Yeah, from, from our point, um, we've worked, we've done this for several uh-huh. years now. And uh, we try to meet kind of the culinary arts aspect, but also a practicality of it. There are about 
going to be about 200 guests or so. Correct. So feeding them, having offering something that's that's delicious that. Uh, reflects each person's restaurant, but also is kind of conducive in in presentation to what now Wolf is mm-hmm. going to do. So a lot of the art that uh, we saw when we visited the gallery was really colorful, really intricate, um, just very beautiful, very eye-catching and, and thought-provoking. Thank and you. that's something, you're welcome, <laughs> that's something that, um, you know, in the culinary arts, cuts a little bit short. You don't sit in front of your plate for half an hour and stare at it and go ooh and ah. Um, mm-hmm. You eat it. <laughs> and then you remember, oh, that was really delicious. I might go back for one more. So uh, the way we've done it with presentations, specifically at Art Fair, is um, just t- pre- the layout of it, the accessibility of it, the color coordination of mm. the different plates and variety that we have. And then we just hope that everyone enjoys the combination. So the the image or or the work that that was presented for this wolf, what can you describe that for our listeners? How the 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 format, the media, the size, and then we can talk about the food that that is paired with that. Sure. Um, so the the work that was chosen is a series I call Quirks, um, and they're tiny little sculpted faces, little little person, little people. Um, each one is probably about. I would say four to five millimeters in size. Um, each one is presented on a different uh, on a wood panel um, under magnification. So there's two like little magnifiers, um, and each one has a problem <laughs> or an issue mm-hmm. or a quirk mm-hmm. uh, written underneath them. And the panels are all each one is a different color. Um, so I, I just played around with color, and I've got total maybe you know eighty of these things. Um, mm. Four by four inches by six inches, um, and each panel is a different a different color. Um, and so Martin and Catherine, well, I'll let Kat talk about what they got from that, <laughs> and how they want to. Yeah, and how how we want to present it. Yeah. Um, so what we thought we would do is is take equally small plates and have them set out on the table. There's going to be different dishes. Um, we have things like. Uh, smoked salmon, a, a smoked salmon roulade. So that has beautiful colors, a combination of like microgreens, different berries, different sauces with, you know, lingonberry, huckleberry, and so on. And and just having yeah. all of this kind of set out and then amongst or next to the art will be a reflection of just mostly the color and the small size and then just edible bites. I love that. And I believe that there's a, a total of Nine artists with nine chefs, right? Parents? Yes, uh, nine, mostly regional artists. There are a couple of artists that are in our Los Angeles um, bound right now, mm-hmm. uh, but all the chefs are local. Wow, I, I love this. What, what a great idea. And, and it really does benefit the Art Institute, the Vanderslice Committee, right? Right, so it uh, benefits Vanderslice Hall mm-hmm. um, through the Vanderslice Committee. Uh, it, you know, it takes on the brunt of the you know the financial amount that is used towards upkeep and restoration mm-hmm. which you know if the uh, art institute had to fund that then it would take away from other programs so it benefits yeah. the the or, or kcai overall 
you know, and, and I uh, graduated from the Art Institute. So I, there's just something very uh, wonderful and, and heartfelt about Vanderslice. You know, it's the first building that, that well, I entered as a, a student at, at the Art Institute with all the back then when you had to register for classes. And, and so, um, and it's very historical. The campus is beautiful. You know, oh yes, and it, it's grown so much since I was there. Um, it's wonderful to hear that uh, uh, these artists that are paired with chefs are alumni: Ann Austin Pierce, Debbie Barrett Jones, Wolf Brack, Selena Curry, Kevin Hopkins, Linda Lighton, Andrew McElveen, Dylan Mortimer, uh, Nathan Newfield, and then you know the, these wonderful chefs from many different. Restaurants here locally, um, Linda Dura, Selena Teo, Martin and Katrin uh, Hauser, uh, Ted Habiger, uh, Charles de Abling, Fernanda Reyes, uh, Pam Liberta, and K- Cody Hogan, Jennifer Scott. Uh, just a great lineup of, of chefs and art together. I What a great idea. It's brilliant. Well, so, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah the, um, our, either, the chefs themselves... Um, Many of them are awarded chefs through, you know, James Beard or wow. James Beard nominees. Uh, and the artists are also, you know, intersecting with KCAI at some point, either graduates mm-hmm. or they've uh, attended KCAI in their career or their faculty. So I love that. And, you know, for more information, uh, are any of this information on social media platforms or... So we have a social media presence on Facebook, Vanderslice uh, KC, and also our uh, website, VanderSliceGoody.org. Terrific. Is there anything else that I've left off that you want to mention about Art Fair? Because this is happening really quick. That's tomorrow, right? right? Yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> so not only are we pairing the visual and culinary arts, but we also have performance art. Uh, we've got the wires playing, and oh, there's great. also a silent auction there, too. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's from 6 30 to 9 30 at uh, the 1900 building which is at 1900 Shawnee Mission Parkway and uh, that's Mission Woods Kansas. For more information VanderSliceCommittee.org and you can find everything you need there. Um, Read about the artists, the chefs, the pairings, all of that good stuff. You know, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Very good. Tomorrow. Say it. I just said tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Well I want to thank you so much Katrin and Wolf and Rob, thank you so much. And come back, come back yes. soon, and uh, you know we'll we'll talk again. We'd love that. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Thanks so much. Thanks, Very Maria. good. You bet. And that uh, ends our hmm, that ends our session of Art Speak Radio. I want to thank uh, today's guests, Michelle Rice Gavro, Art Fair, Chad Brothers, Sean Whalen. Uh, we want to say uh, stay tuned next for Jeff Harshbarger, one to three jazz afternoon, three to six. Um, yeah, we've got more music. And next week, October 25th, we've got Christopher Leach and Elizabeth Kirsch that are going to join us live in the studio. So thank you so much for listening today. And honey, I'm coming home.